Home Alone 4 thankfully returns us to Kevin Mc... Wait, no. That's not him. I see no Kevin McAllister. I see no wet bandits. I see no sticky bandits. Oh no. Welcome everyone to the Collector's Cut. I am Peter and joining me as always is David. If I have to be miserable, you have to be miserable too. I don't even remember that line from the movie, but I'll take your word for it. No, I'm just saying it. <laughs> this is a movie podcast. We are working through the Home Alone movies for this Christmas season. We did Home Alone 1 and 2, which obviously are the ones everyone's seen and knows. Mm -hmm. We did Home Alone 3, which wasn't that great. Still uh, theatrical, though. Still theatrical. That said, Home Alone 4 makes me beg for Home Alone 3. I yep. was like, you know what? I said the kid in the last one had no charisma, and he didn't really, but compared <laughs> to this kid, that, that that kid was going for an Oscar in the last one. I hate mm. this little shit. But, but actually, first up, that's Santa hat. No, it's off. It's not, it's not oh, Christmas no. anymore. Yeah, let's strip. Let's do it. <laughs> this is misery, is what this is. This, this had the same... That's feel like an extra reels movie, right? Mm -hmm. So extra reels, for those you don't know, uh, over in Patreon, one of our, our monthly bonus shows that we do, five dollars and up, is extra reels, where we do some of the worst movies of all time. And the closest thing this tone reminded me of, of all things, was Christian Mingle. It felt like a yeah, you know, it had that kind of overly happy Christmassy. Not that this movie was trying to be like overtly Christian or anything, because it wasn't, but it had that no. kind of vibe and tone to it. Like, I guess like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing to say is that this is by definition a TV movie, and it did not aspire to be anything more than that. Oh no, there were no aspirations. No. There was ass-parations, but no aspirations. I will say, uh, apparently trivia-wise, this was attempting to as the same with the last movie although this one right up until the end they were hoping that this could be spun off into a television show <laughs> but when it didn't do well they were like well cut your losses there <sighs> yeah i have many thoughts so uh mm -hmm. we'll start spoiler free for a little bit i don't suspect that'll last long but the basic <laughs> gist of home alone 4 is that it, despite the fact that it's like well, what year did this come out 2002 Two, right? So despite the fact that it's 2002, mm -hmm. this is supposedly Kevin McAllister uh, <laughs> in this film. And the parents have the same names. His older brother is called Buzz. I couldn't mm -hmm. tell you if the one sister in this movie has the same name as one of his sisters in the first movie, but... Uh, I could check, but I don't want to put the effort in. But yeah, they've lost two kids somehow. Um, call it a soft reboot, if you will. That said, though, the events of the first two movies apparently have happened... Yeah, this is the um, <laughs> the 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 Terminator thing going on, where it's we only care about the first two every single time we're going to do a later one. I mean, to be fair, three exactly doesn't matter. Three may have happened in this world. We don't. It could have. Who cares? It was that was Alex and his family. Yeah. You know, that's irrelevant. So even though Kevin is younger than he was in two and honestly even though they're saying he's nine he feels younger than kevin did in the first one. Oh yeah he feels like i mean he doesn't quite feel as young as alex did i still posit that alex felt like he was six but 
this kid is like younger than original Macaulay Culkin. And that's primarily due to the fact that he acts like a kid. He doesn't feel like he has any maturity to him at all. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about Alex being or feeling younger, mm-hmm. but like maybe it's because this kid's at that stage where like every time there's an awkward moment in this where he starts dancing to music, it felt yeah. like a child just play dancing and not knowing mm. what to do and the goofy smile on his face i hated him i hate this snot face little shit i like i i was rooting for the villains i wanted the villains to catch him and to put his head into a lawnmower that's what i wanted wow so okay so the parents have split up right we're getting the 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 sad sequel to home alone peter mm-hmm. and kate have split up you know, that beautiful, loving family that all managed to come <laughs> together when it matters the most. They're done now. And Peter has found himself a a new girlfriend, someone he intends to marry, named mm-hmm. Natalie, who I was expecting someone younger, and she may be a little bit younger, but mostly she's just really rich. That's her thing, mm-hmm. is she's filthy rich. She has a smart home in 2002, and I'm not convinced she had voice-activated doors in 2002, but I'll, 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 I'll go with it for the sake of mm-hmm. the movie marv is technically in this movie uh, is he though it's not it's not daniel stern it's french sure right. from third rock from the sun but he's apparently marv even though he's dressed like harry for some reason thank you that was the part that was bothering me so much is i'm like you you managed to a none of the characteristics are the same he's just a bumbling guy in general but b he's dressed as the other guy who in costuming didn't bother to watch either of the original movies to get here? Just take off the hat and give him a darker coat, and that's him dressed like Marv. But somehow, like, is this like he's longing for his ex? Because he's got a wife now, apparently, who's working mm-hmm. with him. But is he longing for his ex-crime partner, where he's like, I'm going to dress like him every day now, just to remember Harry in my heart? All right, to, to, to throw out a theory, <laughs> he specifically throws out the point of saying all of Harry's plans always landed him in jail. And now he's the boss. And maybe he just thinks because he's the boss, he has to dress like (laughs) the guy who was the boss before. This is very generous. Very. Uh, Everything I say that's giving any credit to this movie is going to be generous. Yes. Uh, Buzz is also younger than he is. If I I had them, Buzz has had a bigger age downgrade than anyone else because he was like, what, 15 maybe in the first movie? I mean, for me, it felt like he was on the verge of graduation almost. Well, I think in the second movie, he definitely was. Yeah. Yeah, but the, 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 in the first movie, they say he's 15, 16. Here, mm-hmm. he's like maybe 13. You know, yeah. he's, he's, he's definitely aged down where you feel, oh no, he's more of a middle school. He's upper middle yeah. school now. The other thing is that he's only like maybe three inches taller than Kevin. He's yes. like super short. He doesn't have that lumbering figure that Buzz always had. Yeah. And we should also mention as well that on top of the, uh, da- you know, French shirt replacing mm-hmm. Daniel Stern, you know, obviously he's kind of a star. Like, that's who they could get. You know, he's from Third Rock from the Sun. And I like that show, so this is not a knock on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the partner in crime, um, I recognized her face, and it's because she's in Galaxy Quest. So she's actually done some real oh. stuff as well. All so, right. Uh, Messy Pale is uh, her name. but Yeah, uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff, actually. She's been around. Yeah, so the villains, and in fact, not only just the villains, there's also the butler of the mansion, who mm-hmm. is from The Mummy. I recognized him immediately. It His character felt to me so much like 
the writers were like, oh yeah, they also, let's, let's have the Tim Curry character back as well. But then as they're writing it, they're like, there's no way we can justify that. So here's just the same kind of character. Yeah, except it's a different guy. I kind of saw it as like they're trying to merge the Tim Curry hotel guy with the mm-hmm. scary person who ends up being a good guy. But you know, but yeah. not to get into spoilers, but I'll just say this movie has some obvious twists. Look, I don't think that <laughs> saying that this movie doesn't have anything creatively new is a spoiler. <laughs> so there's your, your 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 big cast members that are that are worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I lo- I love actually the IMDb. Uh, Kevin McAllister is like the twelfth name, yeah, on the on the list. He's so far down. I think they they on IMDb have it listed the same way it appeared, like on screen, mm. and they gave him the special, you know, introducing Mike Weinberg as Kevin. Oh no, no, I I noticed when there were the credits at the start. Uh, it said starring French Stewart, and then it said now in alphabetical order everyone else oh, it was alphabetical. So, all right well it is also in alphabetical order yeah. then so 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 f- f- french Stewart got the like no no he doesn't belong that that reminds me when we did species on the atomic cinema experiment david's mm-hmm. on that show now but before david hey. there was tara uh and we did species and one of the things we noticed in that movie is that it came up at the start saying uh you know cast in alphabetical order right and it named mm-hmm. the, th- the three lead men or maybe four lead men that were in the movie and then it said also starring and then put in the one like main woman's name there and it and it felt like this weird like it's like all the men were having this pissing yeah. contest to have like they had to like give them this fair order and then the woman just got a credit after and it, it made me think not that i think french Stewart insisted upon this necessarily but clearly his agent or whatever is like no no he's the star of this he he doesn't he doesn't wait until he's alphabetically brought up he goes first and then I you can mean, do the rest i recognized a couple other like you said the guy from the mummy i recognized the guy playing the father as well um but beyond that yeah, French Stewart's the only guy with any sort of star power in this whole movie. <laughs> and even then, you're kind of hoping for John Lithgow yeah. and Cody to show up to like space things up. If, if this had been the family from uh, from Third Rock from the Sun mm. storming the house, I might have been having a good time. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, and then that's the other thing is that this movie doesn't like it fails at the one thing people know Home Alone for is that it builds up. To a third act where the kid's alone and he has to fight off the bad guys after building and setting up a series of traps. I don't know about you, David, but I didn't really notice the setting up of a series of traps. He, he set up one pot that flew into mm-hmm. someone's face and that was almost it. Pete, I, I've, got a, I've got a deeper philosophical question for you. <laughs> when was he ever alone? I was... I complained in the last movie that he was only alone while his mum was out at work. This was even worse. Yeah. Never once is he ever... at the. He's, he is alone exactly one time in this entire movie, and that is the period from when he's going from his mom's house to his dad's house. <laughs> and even then, he's got the cab driver there, so... <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I mean... I, there was a technicality where he's kind of alone in essence for a little bit in the third act, but it, it's very minimal. And mm. we complained last time that Home Alone 3, it felt like he was never in danger. That is even worse with this one. The way this mm. kid laughs when he pulls off like a, a bit of hijinks, <laughs> it just feels so juvenile to the point where you can't even like... 
Like, I, seriously, I, I cannot stress, this is one of the best examples of we got a bad movie, but then the next one is so much worse that it makes mm-hmm. the one that we said was bad last time look amazing by comparison. Home Alone yeah. 3 feels great in memory. <laughs> Somewhere in my memory, Home Alone 3 actually looks appealing now after this one. You just, I just picture us playing now like this black and white montage for somewhere <laughs> in my memory. And it's just all Alex. Oh, Jesus. I okay. guess I, my, my biggest angry point out of this whole thing is not how cheap it was. Like, yes, that sucks, but yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a cheap. TV movie. Yeah. There's so much I'm, I'm going to accept with that. My biggest problem is the fact that they felt the need to make this Kevin. And not even like a full reboot. It's like they reference the fact that he has been lost several times before. Well, this is in the continuity of it. The problem is though is that the references to him being lost before are so like thro- like it's like there's literally like uh, Kevin near the start of the movie says to his mom, "Oh hey mom, just leave because he doesn't want to be babysat by his brother." He's like, "Oh mom, yeah. just leave me home alone. I've done it before." And she just looks at him and goes, "Don't remind me." <laughs> like that okay there you go that's pretty much it um and what's so weird is the first two movies established this thing where the parents were never going to know about harry and marv right that was Mm -hmm. like a big thing of that movie is that it was just his adventure and it's kind of like it's almost like a coming of age thing where if it's an allegory for him like going through something on his own it's something the parents can never truly know about this is something that was just in his world for his life and so on. In this movie, like, five seconds after seeing Marv, he's like, Dad, Dad, the burglars are back! The burglars are back! It's like, what burglars? Yeah, the the father 100% is unaware of this. They at least kept that continuity where he's like, I don't know what you're talking about because you've never told us about this. Absolutely, but I'm saying that Kevin immediately just wanting to tell his parents about Mm -hmm. this was like, no, that's not Kevin. Like yeah. even if I accept this is some shitty reboot version of Kevin McAllister, nothing. There isn't a single fragment of him, the entire movie, that feels like Kevin McAllister. Nope. Oh, okay. Anyway, and at least part of me thought, okay, this is shit. But when he went to like the girlfriend's place where his dad's mm-hmm. living, and it turns out to be this mansion, and I thought, well, it's a bigger house. There's a lot of traps potential mm-hmm. here. You know, there's so many things you could do. They do nothing with it. Absolutely effing nothing. I want to swear so bad because I hate this. No, no, I get it. I, I absolutely agree. Um, let me let me just for the audience. I want you to picture anything from Home Alone one or two. Picture picture the paint cans. You know, coming down, they swing down and hit him in the head. And then I want you to just black out that image from your brain and instead replace it with door open. <laughs> and then i want you to picture the scene where in home alone 2 where marv is getting electrocuted and it's it's all this slapstick funny and i want you to black that out and i want you to picture window open <laughs> yes and then set... take every other thing and just replace it with blank open to set this up here uh david's alluding to the fact that everyone in this mansion has a little sort of remote control that they speak it's like a little alexa for their fire stick you know, yeah they, they talk into it and say door open and apparently the tech's so good in 2002 that it just knows which door you're standing next to and it'll open yeah. the right door you don't have to specify so that's neat yeah uh and they they take this to absurd levels later in the movie which i will be ranting about. oh i know exactly what you're talking about because that's the moment they just broke all the internal logic what yes. little they had 
All right, let's just say spoilers. We have to get through it. I, I'm All not. Right. That's not dilly dally. It's shit. That's fine. You know it's going to be shit. It, it, <laughs> it, this is an extra reels caliber movie. Um, um, for people who are looking for this on IMDb, it doesn't actually even have its own listing because this aired as part of the Wonderful World of Disney television slot. So it's actually season forty-seven, episode <laughs> one of the Wonderful yeah, World of Disney. Which- that's only relevant for imdb though if you're looking for this on disney plus or you're looking mm-hmm. for a dvd or something they're all just home alone 4 or yeah. home alone taking back the house in some cases but they're all it's all it's presented as a movie everywhere else it's just yes. yeah so we're introduced at the start of the film uh which starts right away there's like almost no belt and there's, there's no home alone theme don't don't get your hopes up for that that's not here you- you remember all that cool, like, title sequence stuff with, like, the house and it's, like, all the different uh-huh. lights and all that? Yeah, screw that. We get exactly one CGI logo they zoom in on and call it a day. Yep. And we learn that the parents are split up. Uh, Kevin is watching uh, stuff in Last his room. Last year's Christmas tape. That's right, that's right. Actually, I don't want to give it too much credit here, but this was an interesting touch it's like the only interesting touch i noticed in the whole movie yeah. is that when kevin's alone in his bedroom and he's sad because dad's not going to be there for christmas i thought he died at first by the way until i tell this to mention oh, they'd split up as like, oh is the dad dead uh mm-hmm. but i noticed he had like one of those little ps1s like you know, remember the later one that was like the little white one the mini oh, yeah or the mm-hmm. slim i guess uh maybe the correct term uh and i was like okay he's got a ps1 okay that kind of roughly is about right um but when he goes to the mansion and he gets invited into the room where Natalie's tried to buy his affection with all mm-hmm. of these expensive things, I noticed there was a PS2 on the table and I thought, oh, upgrade! He literally yeah. upgraded from a PS1 to a PS2. That's almost a nice detail. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If they brought any attention to it, I would agree. But they, yes, didn't, they so... didn't. Well, that's what. No, no. If they brought attention to it. I actually think I would dislike it. I think I really? only like it because it's a subtle thing in the back. They don't draw attention to it. either one of them. It's just there. Fair enough. And you Fair just, enough. You can just notice it. But regardless, uh, yeah. Mom's not a redhead, so they broke that tradition. So that's, that's yep, gone. That's, that's why the movie sucks. Specifically which, that reason. Which is not a big deal on its own, but is only slightly annoying because this is supposed to be the mom from the first movie. <laughs> There was a certain point in here oh. where, like, they, like, they specifically went through and they name dropped Buzz and they name dropped Megan and they name dropped the dad when he showed up. They had to point out these are the characters because we know that you're not going to recognize them because they're not even close to the same people. Honestly, at the point where only people who have not seen the others and have somehow just caught this aren't going to be pissed off <laughs> that, that this is supposed yeah. to be Kevin and Co. Uh, like, uh, like, all, like, anyone who cares about the first two movies are just going to be annoyed instantly <laughs> as soon as they start talking. Like, just just call him, like, Simon something. <laughs> like, who cares? Just name them anything else. I mean, I fully agree. I don't, I, that's like I said, I, the only thing that pissed me off is the fact that they felt they had to use Kevin McAllister. They couldn't <sighs> use a new kid. And at the very least, if you're going to do it, then like just make it a proper reboot where it is just his first mm-hmm. time doing this again. Yeah. But, Instead oh. of this half-assed, like, honest to God, like, obviously they said, oh, how many times are I going to lose this kid? But is there anything in this movie that says directly that Home Alone 2 happened? Not Home Alone 2, no. 
Right. Nah. So all that we guarantee is Home Alone 1. And, and, that's... Even, and even then, like I do not believe for a second that this Kevin McAllister like lived through Home Alone. Oh, no. It's it's definitely it's like Spider Verse sort of stuff where there's a totally different version of Kevin <laughs> with the same thing happening, but he's got two less siblings and like everything changed somehow. Yeah, but I don't believe I, I don't believe this kid's smart enough to do all the traps. Like you can tell me it was far fetched than the original, but compared to this, I'm like no no that Kevin McAllister he he's no. going to cure cancer one day. This Kevin McAllister is going to be dead in the ditch by the time he's twelve. See, in in his universe, in the way that this Kevin McAllister happened, he iced down the steps and did nothing else. And then, <laughs> just out of luck, the neighbor next door managed to show up and save the day on time. That's it. Okay. Okay. I'll go with it. So, we get the guy from The Mummy, uh, Eric Kavari. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Prescott, the butler. Uh, we meet Natalie, who is the... Mm-hmm. The, the new romance and the dad's life. The dad, in fact, the, the next big thing in the movie is that the dad comes over to the family yeah. house and wants to talk to the mom and is like, hey, I'm going to marry Natalie and I wanted you to know and I need to tell the kids and yada, yada, yada. Also, I'd like to invite the kids to come spend Christmas with us. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get that you still want to see your kids. That's great. That makes sense. But you're also damning this woman potentially to Christmas on her own without her kids. <laughs> like she wouldn't have anyone. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I think the movie did a good job of setting it up in that he tries to explain of because they're getting married, she wants he wants the kids to have a Christmas with the new mom to kind of like ease them into it a little mm. bit. Mm. I think it does a decent job explaining that. But yeah, you're right in that it's totally leaving the mom out in the cold here. And she did nothing to deserve that from the point of the movie, so... No, uh, so she's like, hey, but we have to ask if they want to go. And he's like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So he sits down and tells them, like, or makes the offer. And all three of them are like, eh, <laughs> nah. And he even <laughs> sweetens the pot by set- telling Kevin specifically, like, hey, by the way, we're doing a Christmas party where Natalie's going to be inviting the crown family. The royal family is going to show up, and there'll be a crown prince there who's your age, and you can play with them. And he's just like, nah, That's, not feeling it. I felt like their phrasing for all this royal family stuff was a bit weird. Like, it mm-hmm. it kind of felt like they wanted to have it be slightly made up so they weren't implying anyone who was real. It, it was mm-hmm. sort of like... Ah, oh, well, your crown prince, like, I, I, uh, I don't the know. The crown prince of Flaffenland. Like, because he had a, an English accent at the end when we finally yeah. see this kid. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's the UK, but, like, uh, all the phrasing was kind of weird. It was like they were talking about some country I'd never heard of, but it happens yeah. to be the UK. I thought it was weird. Um, so, they all turn him down. And the dad says, it's an open offer. You can change your mind, blah, blah, blah. But he, he, mm. he goes, the mum's relieved that all of her kids... Uh, agreed to this um but uh, she has to go out to to work or something the sister's got something going on by the way we finally yeah. get jobs for both of them the mom is a real estate agent apparently and the dad is labeled as a publicist yeah but this isn't canon so it doesn't matter oh, fair <laughs> my pure mccallister wasn't a publicist I don't actually have any. I mean, you could uh, you could make some serious money as a publicist, depending on your sure, clients. But sure. yeah. I mean, I have no real opinion as to what his job was in the first two movies. I don't really care. <laughs> it's just, it's just... I'm still pushing drug dealer. I think that's the only <laughs> way you can make that kind of cash. So, uh, Kevin's left alone with Buzz, 
And this is where, like, just the, the dumb kid movie shit just, like, yeah. starts to really hurt. Because Buzz just straight up bullies his little brother in this. Like, he's just, he's doing things like shoving the, the lid to the, the, the bin in his hand. Mm-hmm. And we get this, like, sort of, it, it, the, the, the director loves to do this thing where he, like, shoves the camera right in Kevin's face as he's either screaming or yelling. And, like, it just, it feels really cartoony in a way that's just very juvenile and is, like, this This was the moment, like, this is the exact moment where Buzz is bullying him and he's, like, it's all very cartoony. This mm-hmm. was the moment where I went, oh, no. Yeah. Like, like I, I wasn't, I didn't think it was good up until this point, but this was the moment where I'm like, okay, I can kind of see how it's going to handle everything else now and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> like, yep. I'm just not happy about it. I think the thing that got me was the... It, it was a montage of him being bullied and the intercuts, like the transition wipes mm-hmm. between each of those things was some wacky cartoonish, like zigzag line or something like that each oh, time. Yeah. And it was like, uh, why? A lot of the music in this as well sounds like free stock oh, music. Yeah. It sound, then that's, what, that's, that's partly what makes it feel like a Hallmark movie or a, a Christian Mingle, Talking Cat-esque mm. caliber thing. Yeah. Uh, and obviously there's some real actors in this so the acting is typically better although not from the kid the kid is terrible but that's uh you know par for the course i guess yeah so kevin's upset that he was left with buzz his mom's not very receptive to it and he wishes we have to repeat moments from the first movie of course so he's like i wish i was an only child i wish i didn't have a brother or a sister pete what do you mean creatively bankrupt i don't (laughs) what (laughs) so he goes up to his bed he's like i wish i could do christmas somewhere else and then a light bulb comes on and he's like wait i can't it's an open invitation to dad's place so he gets his piggy bank out gets all of his change and gets a cab and sneaks out the house without telling his mother all right let me let me real quick right here at this moment in the movie i gave this movie so much credit (laughs) <laughs> like I was I was automatically leaping ahead in the plot and I was thinking, okay, it's home alone. He's going over to his dad's house. His dad isn't expecting him. I'm willing to bet that the dad and the new girlfriend are going to like leave or something like that. Mm. And he's going to manage to get into this swanky house that we've already seen at this point. And he's going to just go nuts with that. And the dad and the girlfriend aren't even going to know. I was mapping this out, a much better movie in my head. And then they just immediately shut it down. Yeah, then he goes there, and his dad's happy to see him. And that's it. And not only that, there's a butler and a maid, so there's always other people at the house. That's the other big Mm -hmm. thing, is there's always... Now, one of them turns out to be a villain, sure, but there's always people there. That's that's a big thing in this movie. Um, And it's when he's on the way to the house that we're introduced to air quotes here for the audio listeners marv and mrs marv uh who marv's like hey i'm not into that thieving no more i'm not a burglar i'll tell you what i am now three words kidnapping i think that's one word peter i wanted to jump off a building after that joke (laughs) And that, to be fair, that is probably the peak of their comedy right there. That's about <laughs> the it. Peak. That's that's a that's a damning statement. Yes, it is. Maybe 
I don't know. He's there's a moment later where he's putting her in a sack. Mm. I think that's funnier than this. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not saying it's funny. Funnier. There's a the clear distinction between the, mm-hmm. between those two words. So Kevin arrives at the house. Oh, so yeah, Mar- Marv and that are planning to kidnap the the crown prince when he, when they arrive, right? So Marv, this idiot. Thinks he's going to get away with ransoming a, like a a member of a royal family, like a SWAT team isn't just going to obliterate him to smithereens. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> but, doubt, you know whatever. Kevin comes to the house. Dad's happy to see him, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we've got a room prepared for you and everything." And they kick him to his room. I mentioned the PS2, but there's arcade cabinets. There's for some reason. Um, it looks like the command center in like a spy movie with like it's, a big TV surrounded by lots of little TVs. It's literally the room from like all the '90s Sega commercials, where it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, look how extreme my place is." It's just, it's just a kid's wonderland, and yeah. I'm like, "Damn, this woman is really trying to just steal the kids away from the mums." Is like. And Kevin even points that out when he gets a Christmas present the next day. He gets like this, uh, which I thought. And this is me being silly, that when he got a remote control plane, that that might factor into a trap. <laughs> Pete, that would require them to try something. Let's, yeah, be, let's be honest here. There's a joke where it flies into the baller, and he flies mm-hmm. it. Like, this is the problem, is he doesn't really set up a lot of traps. He sets up like two little traps, but most of the things that he does in this movie are just him like attacking the villains in the moment. It's just him grabbing something and doing something there and then. There's no yeah. planning. There's no montage where he's setting off a bunch of traps. And the little montage you do get where he sets up the two things that he does, like, that comes so out of no... Like, I, I complained in Home Alone 3 about there being no motivation for him to be like, oh, okay, I, I need to defend the house, like, kick mm-hmm. in the music, right? Here, he starts setting up a trap, and I'm like, why is he setting up a trap? And then the narration just kicks in, and he goes... They'll be back, I know it. So I'll be ready for them. Like, yeah. you don't even know they're going to be back. You're just, just making assumptions. Fully ADR'd in there. Oh, God. Yeah. The 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 crux of the first chunk at the house, though, is that the butler hates his guts. And I, I'm yeah. on the butler's side. And they want you to think that the butler is a bad guy. That the butler mm-hmm. is scary. Um, and when the first big incident happens, uh, there's a lot of suspicious things that make it look like the butler is guilty party. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not him. It's the nice maid who's nice to Kevin the whole time that turns out to be in cahoots with the villains. In fact, turns out that she's Mummy Marv. Which... <laughs> look, it's already stupid enough in... <laughs> media whenever they do a continuation and they say like ah yes you remember from the original movie i am that person's brother or father or yes. son that we never hello, talked about the first hello, time around Scream franchise hello right. i see you there i think that's stupid enough on its own the fact that this movie which i'm already pissed off is trying to use the original canon said right but we can't just have it be some rando who's helping out Marv. No, no, no. It's got to be the mother. And I'm going to put this in here because this just pissed me off as I was scrolling through here. Uh, back when this was originally going to be a uh, television setup, they had a different ending in order to keep the mom and dad separate so they could keep using this big house. And the mom was going to date a police officer who turns out to be Marv's younger, more honest brother. 
<laughs> so just screw this whole thing already. Forgetting the fact that I'm pretty sure Kevin's parents are older than Marv was ever supposed to be. I don't know. At least it felt that way. Maybe not, but it felt that yeah. way to me. But I, so the idea that he's got a younger brother at the moment, I mean, hey, I'm not judging her. She wants a bit of young, young, oh, yeah, no. meat. Like, so that's on her. But, <laughs> um, okay. So the, the first big incident, right? Uh, yes. Which happens after Kevin already sees them coming through a telescope. So he's like, it's Marv! It's Mar- Marv's coming! So he's, he's, all, he's all hyped up about it. Everyone's left the house at this point, except for the butler. Yes. And the butler is just mysteriously absent during all this. And we, we've already seen that he's got, like, a, the control room for all security cameras in his, like, mm-hmm. room. He's got, like, a big kind of... Uh, play. Like, that's the he thing. likes to watch. This is, a, <laughs> this is a mansion, so even Kevin's room is, like, bigger than where I live. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Practically. Uh, it's all, all huge rooms. But they sneak in, and they're not here to do anything yet. They're here to just, like... As he puts it, get the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. So they're just coming in to see how it is. And we see that he's got one of the remotes that opened the door. And you're like, okay, so he's got an inside man because he's he's got the tech, right? Everything's yeah. prepared. And he comes in, they're snooping around, and Kevin, like, they see each other, I think, first, and Kevin lures them to the bathroom with this, like, power shower. There's one of these showers that's got the nozzles going all up and down the walls, and it comes from every direction. And he lures them into the bathroom and just turns on the shower. And apparently, despite the fact that this is a shower that is designed for people to stand in, and not only that, we saw Kevin already use it earlier and just Mm -hmm. have a shower like a person does. I mean, he was singing and dancing annoyingly and he was dancing in front of the mirror like a little shit and I wanted to strangle him. But that's, you know, that's that's, neither here nor there. Um, this apparently is enough of a powerful flood. Like, they've been hit with a fire hose and they start, mm-hmm. like, you know, flapping around and they're getting pushed out the room and... In a very short span of time, this creates a torrential-level flood that yeah. comes flying down the main big foyer stairs and completely floods the ground floor of the house in about a foot high of water. Yep. And this... I especially I especially love when uh, they enter into the shower and Kevin sets it off. He has this wonderful one-liner, you know, like all the previous movies where he says something funny right before he hurts them. Mm-hmm. He, he, he blows a raspberry and then just presses some buttons. And that's... God, that's smart writing. <laughs> God, I love it. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, can, I, can, I really can't over... I mentioned it briefly there, but the scene mm. where he's dancing and montaging in the bathroom and then he's dancing at the Christmas tree at one point. In fact, mm. he, he danced at the Christmas tree while a, like, girl pop group cover of Jingle God, All The Way plays. That. Yeah, Jingle yeah. Bells, yeah. Or Jingle Bells, sorry, yeah, not Jingle. Jingle All The Way is a great movie with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. Mm. Uh, and if you say it's not, then at least compared to this, it's a goddamn masterpiece, all right? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> This is this is closer to Jingle All the Way too with Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, I've not seen that, but uh, mm. it's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, but yeah, I, I, every time he started dancing, the camera starts doing this almost like music video thing where it'll sort of like go into his face and pull back out again mm-hmm. as he sort of like. And he's a kid dancing, and it really feels like he's had no direction. I think 
if nothing else, the one benefit of this movie is that I think it makes you appreciate how much talent Macaulay Culkin had and maybe how good the direction from uh, Chris Columbus was to get that performance out of him, where it's always approachable it's always entertaining as an adult it's always like oh he's a kid he's acting like a kid but he's there's enough of a character and a performance for the movie to like not be annoyed by like every little thing he's doing look i was this kid's age before and as much as i hate to admit this various home videos of me (laughs) at this age and whenever i noticed the camera was on me whenever it was that i i i acted the same as this stupid little kid and it, it uh, is that sort of thing of it being no direction and just this feeling of you have to do something. You have to be entertaining. And the only way a kid knows how to do that is flailing their arms around and making stupid faces. So I agree. I think this is just an absolute lack of direction where the director came up and said, yeah, just go crazy, kid, and we'll just film it for a while. Yeah. I hate you now, too, because now I'm picturing no, you that's as fair. this kid yeah no I'm, I'm a different person than i was back then david you're such a disease beautiful remember how quotable the first two movies were? <laughs> i was gonna say i had to scroll for quite some time to find something i thought was even suitable for this like the, the only lines that i even really remember is there's a running i hate to use the word gag uh, but mm. there's a running attempted cringe in this where marv keeps saying he's the boss now and any time mm. any sort of like conflict comes up, he's like, no, I'm the boss. We do what I say, because I'm the boss. And I sort of goofy way. And, mm. you know, the wife keeps saying, yeah, you're the boss, Marv, you're the boss. And then when we find out that his mom is the maid, and she's like, no, I'm the boss here. Like, they look at each other, and she's like, she's the boss? She's the boss? Not you? You're not the boss? Um, that, that, that was like the... It's only, I mean, it's only because they repeated the, the whole you're the boss thing or I'm the boss thing was said like seven times before that. And again, I use this word very loosely, payoff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I remember it because of the repetition, but I, I, I would struggle to give you any other lines other than that one scene where Natalie threatens Kevin just because it was the only time I was getting any entertainment out of anything in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah yeah because she is obviously when they get home and the house is flooded right because they were out to get the prince but the they were snowed in so they're not coming till christmas day right no, so that that, was, no i think this was a different one but yeah somewhere it? around there well whatever they come yeah. home anyway and the, the house is flooded and she just starts screaming she's like ah! just completely distraught her house is is, is yeah is she's ruined. hyperventilating she's going nuts Although it's back to completely perfect like 10 minutes later. So it's like, I I especially love the fact that this is, you know, it's coming out of a bathroom, which is at the top of the stairs, which by the way, no reasonable house designer would put the main bathroom at the top of the stairs in front of the main entrance to the home. Like no one wants to be able to see you coming out of the bathroom, (laughs) but regardless, it flooded the entire downstairs of the foyer. And then as they are, Coming into the house, you can see that they put like a foot high blocker outside the front door yeah, to they step, keep all the water in. Because they step over it when they come yeah. in. You can see and it's it. Like, I, I understand that you can't just waterproof this entire home to the point where it still looks natural, but you can clearly see the on the boundaries of this foyer, there's just foot high blockers where they're keeping the water in so it doesn't flood the rest of the set. Yep. Uh, 
after this, Kevin sneaks into uh, the butler's room and looks mm-hmm. at the... Because no one believes in those burglars, right? Because he's saying, oh, yeah. they're back, Marv's back. And the dad's like, Kevin, you little shit, what are you talking about? And so, the butler also, he comes out at this point where he wasn't answering Kevin before. And he says, oh, I was I, he never called me. That yeah. didn't happen. And we, uh, there were no burglars. He's been a menace. Yes, we find out later, of course, he was just taking a nap because he does that when the, the yeah. lady's away because he hates her and wants a, a break when she's not around, which is fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, yeah. But it looks suspicious. And then Kevin goes in and tries to look at the security footage at the time of all this going on. And it's conveniently all erased. So that makes him think that Prescott's a bad guy. And it's obviously right. made to convince us he's the bad guy. But I am like, yeah, but the maids also get access to the house. She's obviously came I in mean, and scrubbed them. It was obvious that it wasn't Prescott the minute they started leaning in on it's definitely Prescott. But I wasn't sure whether or not it was the maid or whether they were actually going to pull something sneaky and it was actually natalie who was planning all this Oh, okay right she was actually inviting the royal family so she could be a like yeah yeah. although she's filthy rich though so i don't know why she would need to but (laughs) i i didn't give this movie credit enough to think through the reasons as to why they wanted to do things it was simply that they were doing things i mean that's uh, that's fair uh so, yeah, he gets another present, which is like a spy kit, which he's going to use later as well. Because that's the one thing they do, is they do like a sort of evolution of the play the TV to make someone think they're being spoken mm-hmm. to. But he does it here where he actually records some of Marv's own dialogue. So he's actually using the real voice to talk to the other one. And that that's... It's not executed well, but as an idea, as a way to evolve that idea of like using a recording to trick someone... It's a mm-hmm. little interesting as a as a concept. Like I could see if they did like a proper real Home Alone three, and Kevin managed to record. Uh, I guess it's not that different from recording Uncle Frank and using that later. Yeah, in the I was going to say I've, it's kind of just the evolution of that tape master that he had. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just thinking that like okay, you're kind of mixing that with the TV thing to uh, mm-hmm. to an extent. I, I could I could see the potential for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, so the the only other thing that I think happens at this point is that they have the dad like feeling bad that he was you know upset with Kevin or whatnot, and they decide to do a family tradition of decorating the Christmas tree. This is, this really, is where uh, they have that. The, yes, the jingle bells. Uh... Yeah, I hated this scene so goddamn much. Because like, I mean, we say pop girl group doing jingle bells like there's all that sexy little vocal tricks and all that's like yeah jingle bells <laughs> it's jingle like all the christina way. aguilera at this era <laughs> sort of thing it was awful but it wasn't awful even just for the music it was the fact that like they're all dancing around they're throwing up tinsel and you could tell this is like the only part of the movie where they're doing anything that's like christmasy at all trying actually, to get in on can the I Christmas ask a question cheer. before before mm-hmm. i complain about something this may just be a term that i'm not familiar with from the u.s uh, i think i know what you're gonna ask yeah go. is, is trimming the tree a phrase that means decorate the tree in the u.s i've never heard it used like yeah, that because because they said we're going to trim the tree cut to them putting on decorations i mean that's not trimming the tr- trimming the trees cutting the tree that's that's yeah. trimming i mean there's christmas trim I know that is a type of decoration, but you wouldn't say trim the tree to yeah. be decorating it. At least not for me. That threw me off. But uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the next day, actually. Yeah, they go to get the, the royals, uh, but they're snowed in, so they don't actually come back with them. Um, yep. Because this is a day of the party that was supposed to be for the royals on Christmas Eve, and it's this big catering thing. There's tons of people in the house. 
mm-hmm. pardon me um and natalie and this is where it starts to really reveal what type of character she is because uh she's like oh my party's ruined it's not special at all now there's no royal family oh wait a minute peter could can we announce her engagement tonight to make it special and he's like yeah okay that is like okay this is a materialistic bitch is basically what she is absolutely Um, that said though i hate kevin so much i'm still rooting for her but (laughs) that's that's what she is that's reasonable so we get the the they all come back and the party starts getting ready and we see that on the catering crew acting as butlers or whatever for the night is marvin vera marvin mrs notably prescott lets them in the back entrance which again makes it look like he's working with them but obviously in the moment i'm already expecting the twist so i'm thinking no 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 he's just been told or that they've been hired and he's just like expecting them for that reason he doesn't know that they're bad as long as there is no scene in here where he literally turns and winks to marv going like hey (laughs) go upstairs and take care of things i'm going to assume that he doesn't know anything did you notice marv was wearing his long coat underneath his white uh waiter coat i didn't that's stupid yeah i noticed that that was the thing uh so i actually so i like him so this movie's like just only just 80 minutes long right Mm -hmm. and at this point we are like 45 50 minutes in we really should be ramping up to the third act that set up all the trap stuff right Yep. And obviously Kevin sees them come in. Harry kind of looks at him and sort of gives him a, a little smirk or whatever. Not uh, Harry, Marv. I'm sorry, Marv. Well, he's dressed like <laughs> Harry, though. Yes. <laughs> right? And immediately, you know, we get into semantics where they're chasing Kevin around and Kevin, um, he hits them with like a pan or something quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And then eventually there's some <sighs> physics-defying pots of like soup and gravy which like go flying into the air and the slow motion mm. sorts of them spinning and somehow the liquid isn't moving while they're spinning in the air it's not until they land on the bad guys that the liquid comes out and douses them oh, and, yeah. and the various stuff well whilst they're in the air it's clearly just like a a plastic circle of color inside the pots so that it doesn't yeah. fall out and like the reason why it would be fun to watch this in slow motion is to slowly see the liquid start to kind of you know to spin and like move and start to fall out that would be why you would do it. Instead, it's just like a plastic sheet of color. It's awful. It's, it's terrible. He, anyway. They could have damaged a camera. How dare you suggest <laughs> that? Oh, yeah, because I stopped other movies from doing similar. Anyway, look, the point I was getting at is, is I actually, I thought at this moment, I wasn't expected to get good, but there mm-hmm. was an idea here that I thought, okay, it's not really home alone in the strictest sense, but I could see the argument that if you're doing a, a, a genuine third home alone and you want to shake up the formula, that maybe the way you do it, and I thought this movie was about to try something like this, is that I thought this was going to be the third act. I thought the third act for, at this point was going to be this entire party, and it was going to be the idea yeah. that Kevin has to do run around, quickly set up traps, whilst the house is filled with people. And I thought, you know what? It, obviously, it's not alone, but it's kind of an interesting subversion of like, no, no, He's alone in that no one's helping him, but there's actually people all over the place that he's kind of like sneakily doing this around while he tries to take on the bad guys by himself. I thought, you know what? If this was Macaulay Culkin and a Home Alone 3 and that was like the that was the big sort of like spin on the, the formula at that point, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, you know what? That's at least a little bit. It's, it's, more, it's more he's alone in spirit as, as opposed to yeah. literally being alone. I I fully agree. I don't know so much in the fact of did I think he was going to go around this party and do traps on the fly, 
or whether he was going to have him set up beforehand, but I did think the party was going to be the entire third act because from the beginning, that's what we've been talking about. That's just yep. how structure works. If you say, hey, there's this big party happening, that's how you need to end off the movie. And instead, like, oh, we've not got to the big thing that ends this stuff, but mm-hmm. instead, like, no, it has to build back up again. It has to. Yeah. And at that point, there's like maybe 20 minutes at most left of the movie. And it's like, guys, get on with us. We, we got things to do here. Yeah. Um, but uh, they- the one thing that's before this whole pots and pans stuff that you were saying was they uh, French Stewart. I'm not going to call him Mar. French Stewart makes his way upstairs in, back into, like, Kevin's room or something in order oh, was to that, do it. was that first? Oh, I guess yeah, it was, because the they, the they weren't covered in anything. Yeah, you're right. right. It was first, yeah. So they go upstairs, and they say that their entire plan, and Kevin records this whole thing on his spy gear, is that they are going to come up here when the prince arrives, they're going to bag the kid, they're going to drop him out the window, and then they're just going to leave. And, then, and, and that's th- it. And this is where they rehearse this because he gets yep. out his big sack and he makes his wife step inside it and just lowers her down and he hooks the like the cable that's holding this ba- bag that's holding his wife dangling out the window. He hooks it at the bottom of the door. Mm-hmm. So our first instance of using the open door trick to achieve a, well, not a trap per se, but a, an outcome <laughs> that is violent for it's, the bad guys. It's not even the first time. Remember in the first time when they were casing the joint, he was walking around saying open door. He made his way to Kevin's room. He said open door. And then Kevin said closed door and it smacked him in the face. Yeah, I forgot about that. Fair enough. Yeah, because uh, it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It's just this tiny little thing of like, haha, the door closed in your face. Teehee, isn't that funny? So Kevin says open door. The door opens and the hook goes flying and it it basically goes into like the... Like, marv's ass it goes into his ass right so it's still holding his wife up via his ass and then the weight's too much so it pulls him out the window and the window completely shatters and they Mm -hmm. both fall to the ground like i know marv's not meant to be that bright okay i get that he's even the first two movies he's meant to be kind of the dumber one yes but putting your like grapple hook on a door that is designed to open like the one thing that everyone knows a door does is open it's not stable it doesn't stay where it is it is designed to move feels like he's being a bit too dumb to me just just for the sake so that kevin can say open door and it just sets off this chain of events Mm -hmm. it's it's the same thing that i said in those first two movies they are so tightly written it makes you feel like there's a reason for everything to happen this one, they knew the gag they wanted to do, and they worked backwards. And whether mm. it makes any sense, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm sure that's how writing even the first one. Like they, they had like, you know, they came up with what oh, your, yeah. your moment is and you work backwards. That's how you do it. But you then put an effort to make sure everything building up to it makes sense. Yeah. Right? They were just <laughs> like, yeah, no, we need the door to open up. Okay, so he's going to hook around something else and then they're like fall away accidentally and it'll get hooked on the door no too much effort it's just hooked on the door yep so uh that you know pretty much i mean i I mean the scene ends with kevin like running away from them and he ends up causing chaos in the party by Mm. knocking people over and yeah right after the engagement is announced oh oh we got to talk about the tomb raider 2 bit oh yeah Tomb Raider, so Tomb Raider 2 was the, what, the famous thing that everyone my age did when they played Tomb Raider 2 back in the PS1 is that mm-hmm. in the training grounds, which was the Lara Croft mansion, 
your butler followed you around, right? They just kind of followed you wherever you went, and there was like a training course, and you could run about the house and find secrets. And the yep. one thing that everyone did is they'd go into the freezer, they'd wait for the butler, and they'd run out and shut the door to lock the butler in the freezer. Kevin yep. does that in this movie. Before the party, he locks Prescott in the in the freezer. And the reason why I'm remembering this is because when he causes chaos at the party later, an ice sculpture falls off the table and smashes to reveal Prescott. They're saying that it was so cold in that freezer that he looks like he got hit with Mr. Freeze's freeze gun. And yeah. now he's okay that he's been shattered out of the... <laughs> like. He should yeah. be dead. <laughs> we we get a reveal towards the end here that Prescott really wants to quit because he's so mistreated, but he sticks around because he's just you know afraid of what will happen if and he Kevin can't gives find him another job. Kevin gives him therapy like uh, the bird lady. That's how it yeah. kind of ties into those characters. I'm gonna go ahead and say, if my job had me frozen solid and I still had to work the next day, <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, he's not even got a day off where he's like you know recuperating he's nah. like uh but yeah this is like the this is of all the things in this movie this idea that he's been frozen in like perfect ice is mm -hmm. the most silliest most cartoony thing that's in here even the last movie where they had two characters fully submerged or at least up to their waist in a frozen pool when they got out they were just cold they were hypothermic they yes. weren't frozen solid yeah, like they acted cartoony and it had cartoony sound effects, mm -hmm. but it had a tether to reality. <laughs> this one's just out the window. As threadbare as that tether might have been, it was a tether. That this is yeah. not a tether. This is this no. is a cartoon at this point. <sighs> so they're all upset, Kevin, and it's actually this night where Natalie comes to Kevin's room and is like. Kevin. Kills up the sock with a <laughs> with a bunch of quarters, starts spinning it. Kevin, you little shit. Your dad wants to have you in his life, and that's very adorable. But if you want to be in his life, you better never pull anything like that again, or you'll never see your father ever again. And like it's this, you know, it's this night time. She's sitting in the beds, like, mm -hmm. and it's that sort of thing when he sort of nods to it, say that he understands. She's like, "Good, I'm glad we understand each other." And she leaves. Yeah. Uh, uh, throughout all this part, though, we see that Kevin's mum is watching. It's a Wonderful Life, so we have to bring that back in. Yeah. Uh, the dad's also watching. It's a Wonderful Life, and it, it. This is one of the things it does to show that he belongs with his wife. Is that mm. Natalie's like, oh, I've already seen it's a wonderful life. Once was enough. I can't understand losers who rewatch movies. <laughs> I understand they're trying to make me hate her, but I can just I all I'm seeing is her as a front for the writers. So mm. I just immediately hate the writers behind her instead of her. Yeah, I think we saw a glossed over a scene here, which I'll bring up now because we're talking about, you know, why yeah. he should really be with his wife is there's a scene in the middle where the wife comes up with an excuse to go over and she takes her kids, uh, they, well, the other kids, I should say, uh, to yeah. go and see uh, the dad and Kevin because Kevin doesn't have a lot of clothes with him and she also brings this teddy bear that he usually can't live without. It's a surprise to them that he's not yeah. asked for it. Because... You remember the teddy bear from <laughs> Home Alone 1? You remember that item? You remember Han oh, yeah. Solo's dice, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <sighs> and they start explaining why this teddy bear is so important to him. And they tell this story about how it fell out the car and the mom had to go out and get it. There's really not much to it. 
But as they're saying this, the music's swelling up with all this stuff, and the the, the mum and dad are both like getting happier and happier, reminiscing, and Natalie mm-hmm. feels like the odd one out. And then at the end of the, the the whole conversation where it feels like they're falling in love again, Natalie just goes, Ah oh, well, he can play with all the new toys I bought him, isn't he, this stupid teddy bear? Yeah. <laughs> it just kinda walks up. Oh uh, <sighs> dear. Anyway, at that point we finally get to Christmas Day. I I believe it was before this, but it may have been at this point where because they went and they decorated the tree and he put up the star and it was all special and whatnot, they did it as a family. So then they come down, I guess the next morning, and... Actually, before you get to that, it yeah. cuts to the McAllister house, and like the, the oh, mom yeah. and the other kids are decorating their tree. It's like, but Kevin always puts the puts the star on. It's like, I know, it's not the same with it. And I'm like, I mean, it, honestly, at this point, Mommy McAllister, you're, you're kind of like building in a bit of a complex to these other two kids that are not as important as Kevin, <laughs> the way you're getting oh, really yeah. upset in front of Absolutely. Them. But yes, yes, as you were saying. So they come down the next morning, and it turns out that Natalie has professional tree dressers that came, I guess, in the middle of the night and redid the tree <laughs> to look all standard, beautiful in like this rich house. And Kevin's all upset and just like, "What? No, you, you undid our tree?" And Natalie just she can't understand why these sentimental, emotional humans <laughs> care so much about this tree. Ah, uh, so now they're going to go and get the royal family. It's time yeah. for that, finally. We have very little time. I think Kevin also already set up his two traps by this point as well. I think that was... Yeah, somewhere in there. ...during the night or something. Uh, I mean, it's easy enough to list them off. Number one, he strung up some pots and pans. Number two... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the plural there? There's no plural. Oh, right. One pot. I forgot about that. <laughs> it just double whammied. It hit him twice. Yeah. And he also rigs a chain or something to the, the little elevator that's in the house mm-hmm. so that it'll get stuck. Yeah, in between floors. That's it. Because he knows yep. one of the villains will use the elevator somehow. Even though I feel like they've not emphasized... Because they set up the other thing that they abuse a little bit later, which is the secret bar. You know, the house has got mm-hmm. one of those things where it's a bookcase where... Use the little hand remote, and the phrase is "open sesame," and it spins round into the mini bar, right? And it's like, yep. okay, this is this is a very seventies thing to me. This is like a seventies rich house has this type of gimmicky oh, bar, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the voice control is obviously a bit modern, uh, relative, but the, the 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 basic idea is it's fair enough. Um, but of course, when the actual antics are going down, and Kevin, after he's used his only two traps, <laughs> is then um, he does some other things, of course. But they're kind of more like they're more like he, he's actively just doing things to them, as opposed to he sets something up that'll pay off on its yeah. own. He the only thing that previous Kevin did was he just moved around the house in order to get them where he needed to be. Whereas this one is doing on-the-fly sort of basically all through this voice control stuff of, like, making them fall prey to whatever he can just see at that oh, moment. To be fair, outside of, say, like maybe the paint cans, because that was, like, manually... I mean, yes, but he still had to set them up beforehand. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. There was still setup involved, but, you yeah. know, it was... So, you know, he does a thing where he, he has, like, some shoes sticking out the bottom of his bed, so Marv mm-hmm. thinks he's there, he pulls them out, but it pulls a string that yeah. drops down a bookcase on him. It, honestly, they don't even show well, enough to understand how it happens. No, it makes no sense. Before we do get too much into the antics, though, there is the one 
scene that vindicates Prescott. So he knows that Marv and Vera are coming back. He's for whatever reason, Kevin he does. decides. Yeah, Kevin does. And yeah. so he tells Prescott, okay, I need to get him off the table first. I, I'm i going to tell him that uh, Natalie needs some wine down from the cellar, and then I'm going to lock him down there. And he does so, no problem. But when he turns around, he sees the maid, and he explains the whole thing of like, hey, the criminals are coming back, and I just locked their accomplice down in the wine cellar. And she's like, that's great, except you're wrong. He's not the accomplice. I am. And then she shoves him down in the wine Which, cellar as well. Why would she even admit this? Why, why, like, implicate herself in mm. a... I mean, that's, that's to consider how serious this crime is that they're about to try and pull off. They're about yeah. to not only kidnap someone, which is serious on its own, but they're trying to kidnap a visitor, a member of a royal family from another mm -hmm. country. This is an international incident. Why would she just tell someone that she's involved? Why wouldn't she just keep the illusion up that she's this innocent, you know, employee... And then yeah. reap the the rewards in secret. Yeah, you would be able to keep someone on the inside to like inform Marv if the police were trying anything. It would, it would all work <laughs> out well. But it goes back to the same thing of they knew what they wanted to do and they barely worked backwards to get there. See, normally in a movie where the the, the real culprit has to reveal themselves, it's because they're pushed into a corner where they have to reveal themselves to stop the hero from doing something that's going to stop the plan, right? Mm -hmm. And all she has to do here, really, is, you know, go along with it for a little bit and maybe, like, lock him in a room or something. Like, you know, that would yeah. be it. Done deal. Kevin's done. Like, they could go about their business. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the big antique with the secret bar is, is that Kevin goes up to it, says open sesame, it spins round, and then Marv and his wife come up and they're like, where is he? Where is it? Okay, so he's like, well, we saw him use the remote. So he pulls out the remote. And just to, again, play up how dumb Marv is, he doesn't say the thing Kevin said. He just keeps saying everything else. He says, yeah. uh, open bar, spin bar, spin bookcase. And he just starts saying things really weird. And then eventually the wife grabs it and says, open sesame, and it spins round. But it does that joke thing where as they spin round to the other side, Kevin spins back out into the, the main room. The Scooby-Doo. Yeah. The Scooby-Doo. And then it just goes off the rails from here because Kevin <laughs> decides to start saying... Because I, I would have thought, right, in any normal voice control thing, yeah, it's it's keyed, it's, it's programmed to accept open sesame as spin this one door, right, effectively. Yeah. Kevin says something to the effect of, uh, spin... Like go faster well, it's, 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 sesame. He says spin, spin bar sesame, and that just keeps it spinning continuously, not too fast. Mm -hmm. And then he says... Revolve sesame. Yeah, spin faster sesame. Um... Uh, ultra speed sesame he just keeps saying stuff but puts the word sesame at the end and for yeah. some reason this thing is programmed to spin it 50 miles an hour why would it even have the functionality to do that it wouldn't would it no no obviously not it's 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 the same sort of there's this period late 90s early 2000s where all these kids movies decided like technology can do anything <laughs> As long as we don't go into it, as long as we don't put a definitive limit on it, your smart house can literally go to the store, buy you food, make you food, mm -hmm. feed you, burp you, and then clean up your crap afterwards. Like, that's totally within the realms of possibility for a smart house in the late 90s, early 2000s. Which, obviously, as we know, looking back, that's ridiculous. That's absolute insanity that anything would have these potential 
things thrown into it command wise. Ah, uh, anyway. Yeah. How, how does so, the how did the antics sound? I don't remember. Well, before we before we do the end of the antics, you were so you were so gung ho to get there. I did want to spend one minute with the uh, Prescott scene down in the wine cellar. Oh, of course, yes, because they're so yeah. She traps Kevin down there with Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess she does lock him in a room. To be fair, which is my, my yeah. suggestion. Uh, but uh, she puts him down there. And they sort of bond, and he's like, oh, I th- I'm sorry you were the inside. He's like, why did you think I was the inside man? He's like, well, because this, this, and this. And he's like, yeah. ah, well, I was just taking a nap. And then they bond over how he hates working here, and he wants to... I I absolutely love in this conversation, though, when he is so upset of, like, why did you think I was the inside man? He seems genuinely offended. Yeah. Like, he's upset by the fact of, like, you're a little creep. You've been making my life so hard, and you think I was the bad guy here? And then but, they, they yeah. try and phone Buzz. Well, they try. Which, okay. No, because you're not you're not giving the full details here. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> they are like trying to get out for at least a good like five ten minutes, and Kevin's like, "Can you think of any way to get out?" And they're just like, "Hmm, no, I can't think of anything." And then Prescott's like, "Well, I do have a cell phone." <laughs> yeah prescott wouldn't have been useful at all thank you sir yeah why didn't he use that to call the police before or why would he then also pass his phone over to young kevin rather than calling the police himself then yes because that's the thing kevin phones his mom but it's buzz that answers and buzz is a little shit and just sort of hangs up on him a couple times and yeah. he's like oh well i'll try again later and i'm like or you could phone the police. The police. We find out that the dad's cell phone works in the car. He has a totally different line. You could yeah. do literally anything here, Kevin. And also, conveniently, when he phones the third time and the mum does answer, all of mm-hmm. a sudden the signal's really bad. It was perfect when he was talking yep. to Buzz. But oh, all and of a sudden... you know it? Battery goes dead. Womp womp. So they remember as <sighs> a dumb waiter, and Kevin yep. goes up in that, and that's how all and... the antics properly yep. kick off but the the way as you were asking before the way the antics end is that this 50 mile per hour bar is spinning it flings them out onto a chandelier which they fall off of and then some like funeral music starts playing implying they might be dead oh yeah this is like a famous like this is free music but it's like oh, famous yeah. free music it's like you mm-hmm. know it's just so old that it's public domain right and then Kevin comes up standing over the corpses he's created. It, and... Actually, it's the, it's, it's the organ that you... It's that little... Yeah. I can't hum it, but it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then because she's been stuck in the elevator the whole time, because it's been chained up, the maid finally escapes, grabs Kevin from behind with a pan in hand, is about to bash him over the head. And then Prescott steps up and bashes her in the head instead. When Prescott just became the villain of the movie, because I wanted to see Kevin get his head bashed in. Yes. It's like, no, Prescott, <sighs> two seconds. Just two seconds, buddy. You can still stop the burglary and the kidnapping, but let Kevin get this. He deserves it. Now, I hate the ending, right? What's about to come mm-hmm. after this? But yep. it did make me laugh del- deliriously, so at least it made me feel something. I'll give it that. Okay. Which right. is... So, so Kevin's dad, right, when they get to the airport, he says, look, you know what, like, I need to go back. So I was like, I've got a bad feeling about that phone call that I got from his mom. Yeah, the mom calls around trying to get back in contact with yeah. Kevin, and 
Yeah, calls her dad, and he's like, I need to go back and check on him. And that was like, oh, no, you're going to leave me with the royal family? Like, you know, please, we're, we're, partner, we're partners now. And he's like, no, I, th- mm-hmm. I think you don't care about my kids. So, yeah, we're probably done here. And he goes back to the house. He arrives mm-hmm. the same time as the mom, and they come in. And unlike the other movies, they see all the villains lying on the floor. Like, you know, everything's on show. Yeah. And they get outside, and the limo with Natalie and the royal family pull up to the house. And mm-hmm. they get out, and we get this sappy speech from Kevin's dad about how he's re- still in love with his family and his wife, yep. and he belongs with her, and this really crappy, sweet, sentimental music starts playing. He's hugging his wife. The kids are all happy, mm-hmm. um, and all that. But the bit that made me laugh hysterically yeah. is the, the, the crown prince... Uh, Kevin offers that they can spend Christmas with the McAllisters and the Crown Prince goes that would be lovely yes magnificent I would love to spend Christmas with a family such as yours and then (laughs) and Natalie just goes you're gonna spend Christmas with them so I just I love this idea that the end of this movie for Natalie is that she loses her fiance to his to his family to his ex-wife and that and mm-hmm. then the rich royal family she's been prepping all movie to accommodate for christmas has decided to also go back to the McAllisters. yeah and that really and, made me laugh and the maid goes to jail and yes. the butler quits the butler so quits she, as well. she loses everything she has yep. lost everything except her money I, she'll be fine i was but, gonna say that's still like like thing that can buy back her butler and maid yeah she'll get she'll get a new butler she'll get a new maid she'll be she'll be honky dory but she's yeah. cold and alone and uh, you know that's the thing but yep then the movie they say to piss me off right at the very oh, very end yep because kevin decides to look right at the camera uh. right He's, he gets one of those remotes. The butler hands him a remote. He says, start music, which actually, by the way, on this, I hated how every time in this movie they said to the remote, stop music, it faded out instead of just yeah. stopping. I was like, and maybe, I mean, like, could you make that setting on your Google Assistant or your Siri or whatever to fade it yeah. out the music instead of just stop it dead? You probably can, but it just it felt so unnatural because it, it didn't feel like a fade out in the scene. It felt like a, you know, a song that's playing over the top faded well, out the, that was the scene when they were decorating the tree it was very clearly just montage music but then they decided to make it in the scene they were like oh hey there's a phone call turn off the music well, like, that wasn't it? happening which i don't actually think it's a big deal movies do that movies will have yeah. something that plays as a montage but then it's like no they were actually listening to the song at least for the the end right. part of it that, that's fine but it, yeah. i i just felt even as it was happening it felt unnatural it felt like as you were saying as it faded out it didn't feel like it was in the scene even as they're saying yeah. It's in the scene. So he gets the, he gets the remote. He says, yeah, play music. Some Christmas music starts playing. And then mm-hmm. Kevin looks right in the camera and says, and they've been saying all movie how it's not, there's not, not going to be any snow this year. Kevin looks right in the camera and says, start snow. And then some sprinkles of snow start falling down as they're all hugging and dancing. Credits. So Kevin's a god. <laughs> no, 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 no. This technology <laughs> is a uh, weather oh. wizard has uh, designed this uh, smart house technology and has created the ability to create snow. It's not Kevin. It's it's the it's the tech. It's the smart house. That's fair. Honestly, though, if you if you told me that this house was built by like the rogues, I could see it. <laughs> 
that seems about right. That's the rogues from the Flash, uh, yes. which Weather Wizard's a member of. But also, uh, you get Captain Cold with the true, freezing up true. of the butler. I could see it. The trickster's kind of a McAllister type. Oh, <laughs> trickster would just be. I, there's got to be some level where, some universe where Macaulay Culkin becomes the trickster. Kevin McAllister just is that in the future. Uh, nah, Kevin would never be a criminal. He he seeks out justice. Justice, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the movie, and then it's just the most plain, boring ass black and white credits on the way out. So yes, yes. Uh, this was dire. I actually audibly mm-hmm. said to myself a couple times towards the end how much I effing hated it. Like I was saying it out loud to myself. Just yeah, I had to express it. I was I had to express my displeasure. And it really is shocking how much better Home Alone 3 looks in hindsight. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Like, that's that's what I was kind of... When I was having to give a rating to Home Alone 3, I I was debating going lower last time, but I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> this still isn't that bad. Now we're at that bad. Yeah, now Home we Home have reached it. Home Alone 3 is is, is bad, but it's, mm. it's it's still very watchable and still very mainstream and still has like a, a standard. There's a standard of yeah. sorts. This is like going way below that. So that leads like, us neatly into the ratings for Home Alone 4. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I was saying, this movie... If you could think of anything from the first two Home Alone movies that you could point to and say, like, that's the reason people love Home Alone. Is it because of the wacky antics and traps? Is it because of the feeling of family? Is it because of the Christmas spirit? None of that is present here. They have decided to make just a completely separate movie and say, this is what Kevin McAllister was doing the next year. All in all, it's cheap. It's not well written. It's not funny it's not even funny in like a bad way either it's just kind of painful the whole way through so i think collectively i'd say this is probably like two i I can't two is exactly the number i was thinking yeah it's just there's nothing in it that's good like yeah it gets a two because it's we're we're not at birdemic and neil breen levels of just this this doesn't have anything but in terms of technical quality, the technical quality, I guess, is kind of... And there's no artistic quality, but there's, like... They're, they're recording sound, and there's there's cameras pointing. Thing, mm-hmm. Things are... things are. When I say they're well lit, I mean I can see them. I don't mean that they're stylistically lit or anything like that. Right, But yeah. that is the, the whole thing. Anywho, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... I think, like I said at the beginning... This is, by definition, a TV movie that was just made for the sole... It feels like it was an IP renewal sort of thing. Where, like, if they didn't make this movie, they were going to lose the rights to the Home Alone series. Yeah, I don't think that's an issue, though. I think Fox no. just own the Home Alone. Yeah, although this is the first one that was available on Disney+, Plus, so maybe this is where the transition happened of Fox to Disney. No, no, I think Fox still always owned it. It's, I mean, Disney own it now because they've bought Fox. But this was on the wonderful world of Disney. Well, yeah, I know, but like TV shows and stuff get made all the time for rival networks. That's true. Right. But Fox still made it. They just produced it. Uh, or I the, mean, the... there was no opening title sequence that said the production company, so I genuinely don't know. <laughs> no, Fox. I mean, the, the home videos are all Fox uh, released, okay. so it, it's, it's still a Fox-owned thing. 
Uh, it was just something that was made for the Disney Channel, uh, seemingly. Gotcha. All right. And then in terms of does this make the cut? No, cut your losses, <laughs> son of a bitch. Cut your losses. not cut deep. It's not quite there. I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, I look at the other things we have labeled as cuts deep and the other things we have labeled as cut your losses. I think it's still a cut your losses level. I don't think it quite gets to cut deep, but... It's, it's real close. It's close, but it is only 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's that, it has that going for it. I'll say that yep. much. Um, yeah, we'll just say cut your losses, but it's, it's you know, it's... Uh, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. It's bad. Uh, so, yes. Um, so, I didn't even know, but when we actually started like planning to do the Home Alone season, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a fifth one right oh. I, I thought home street home alone was the fifth one but that's actually the sixth one there was a fifth one that i didn't know about called holiday heist and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing next so i look forward to that but uh this is where i tell you about all the bonus things you can get over in patreon we have monthly Yay. shows that we do exclusive for our patrons uh we have the criterion cut which is the best of the best it is the movies from the criterion collection uh and it tends to be you know your artsier movies your more acclaimed films uh, and mm-hmm. then the opposite of that is Extra Reels, which is a show at the $5 and up tier where we review some of the worst things of all time, which is why I started this show by saying this movie would fit on that show. Yep. So if that sounds interesting to you, go and check those out and you can help support the, the content and the podcast and you can help keep it all coming. Uh, and it, it all helps out a lot. So please go and have a look. Uh, but otherwise, that is that. And as I mentioned earlier as well, uh, we also do a science fiction movie podcast called The Atomic Cinema Experiment. And uh, David just sort of joined that in the last uh, few weeks. So yep. uh, that's ongoing as well right now. Uh, so yeah, but that is the show. So thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. And... <sighs> When they're getting into the police car towards the end and they're bickering, mm-hmm. um, it's revealed that uh, that Marv and his wife met in prison, which mm-hmm. is interesting because I thought that prisons typically didn't mix the uh, the genders. But hey, what do I know? 